world. Pass first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Got a fun show for you today. We're going to talk about Norman Powell's debut. Played his first two games with the Portland Trail Blazers over the weekend. We're going to talk about Nurk's return, coming back after 10 weeks away with wrist and calf injuries to play his first two games over the weekend against Orlando and Toronto. And finally, we're going to get mad about LaMarcus Aldridge. Well, judging by your tweets and emails, y'all are mad. I'm just going to talk about it a little bit. I'm not that upset. I'll be honest. LaMarcus signed with the Brooklyn Nets. We'll talk about his future, which is not going to be in the Pacific Northwest in the third segment. But let's talk about the two, the two returns. I was going to say the two new guys, the one new guy and the one old guy who's back. New again, Yusuf Nurkic. Norman Powell played, has played two games. He's now two two full games into his Portland Trailblazers career. His debut Friday against the Orlando Magic, a victory in Orlando. He had 22 points. The Blazers, the Blazers PR staff, shout out to my man Jacob. Uh, shout out to JT too, but I don't think he listens. But uh, they were they were really pimping out this stat that it was Norman Powell had the most points by any player in Blazers franchise history who had joined the team mid-season via a trade. What? I mean, cool. He played really well. Does everything have to be a first or a best? 22 points against the Orlando Magic proved his value. Uh, he, dude can really shoot it. I mean, he's like, as as Sean Woodley, who joined the program this weekend, said, dude dude is a bucket. I mean, you, you really saw that against the Orlando game. Seven of, or against Orlando in that game, seven of 13 from the floor, five of seven from deep, 22 points. And in classic Norman Powell, not a lot else in the stat sheet. Two boards, an assist, a block, a couple steals, turned the ball over three times. He played 36 minutes in that game because there was no Damian Lillard. And I had mentioned on the podcast that I posted on Friday that I didn't think we'd learn a lot in that Orlando game. And I, I mean, I, I, I'm a Norman Powell guy. Like I'm, I've, I'm, I'm a believer, right? Um, so him him getting 22 and shooting the ball well, duh, dude is is. I mean, he's a bucket. He's fearless, and he's he's he is he's put on this earth to go ahead and shoot it. Um, he's he is he is very fearless in that regard. Um, so I wasn't surprised that he had 22. Um, I, I did love the stat from the Blazers PR staff. Shout out to shout out to them one more time. But um, yeah, I, I mean that. It just 36 minutes and the role he had, um, it wasn't as telling as Sunday's game would was going to be. And I thought Sunday's game was was indeed more telling for a variety of reasons. One, the starting lineup. This is a big deal. Norman Powell was brought in here to be the starting small forward, it appears. I had mentioned this in a previous podcast that I was in favor of this move of moving Derek Jones Jr. to the bench. And... Terry Stotts went ahead and did that. Dame, CJ, Norm, Rocco, and Yusuf Nurkic both started the game and closed the game. More in that closing lineup in the second segment. But, uh, I mean, I like it. I, I, It's against some teams, Norman Powell's size on the wing is going to be a problem. But that's specific games. I think in for the most part during the regular season, that's, that is a totally reasonable lineup. And we saw Norm get sort of what I think is, I I think this was approximately what you can expect in in, in sort of the normal run of play. Dame and CJ both pushing up towards 39 minutes. Norman Powell played 27, Robert Covington 36, and then they split the big man minutes a little bit with Covington playing a little bit of center, but Cantor and and, uh, Nurk both played 20. Uh, 
probably too many minutes for Carmelo Anthony for my taste. 28 minutes. I mean, you can just, you can shift those to Derek Jones and be fine. Um, Melo wasn't bad in this game. He still, he still shoots a lot. That's what he wants to do. But, uh, Powell could push up towards 30 minutes and it would be fine. He fit in well with the starters. My concern here is that he, he there are somewhat limited shots. Like I'm not a guy, I'm not out here to tell you like Norman Powell needs to shoot 15 times a game, but uh, 15 field goal attempts and prior to the final 10 seconds when he was intentionally fouled, five free throws, so 11 shooting possessions. Um, you'd, I, you just want to see him get up a couple more shots. Like he only took two threes. It'd be better if Norman Pell took five threes. I think it's as simple as that. Like, um, you just want him to shoot a little bit more, do what he's best at. Uh, but he, he looked, he looked fine in both these games. I mean, he didn't blow. I mean, he was really fun in the Orlando game. Like he really, really fun. I'm not trying to take away from that, but I'm an, I'm a long time Norman Pell zealot. So I wasn't, I wasn't blown away by him. I was like, yeah, Norman Pell's good. Of course he played good or played well rather. Uh, th- you want to see him shoot a little bit more, but it seems like he is going to be a staple of that starting group. And to me, that's, that's, um, like I said, it might come up later that it's an issue, but during the regular season, it's, you put your best players on the, on the floor. And, uh, while Derek Jones Jr. is an intriguing defensive player who even played pretty darn well against Toronto Raptors, quite frankly, he had a really good game off the bench. Uh, he's, he, I don't think there's a concern with Derek Jones, like moving into a reserve role of that taken away from what he does. He's, he, he has mostly been a reserve for most of his career. I think he'll be fine. Um, I don't think there's like an ego ego problem there. I think I think this is just a good plan for everyone, front office included. Because like I said, it's hard to it's hard to give Norman Powell the bag. Hard to give him a whole bunch of money and a multi year contract if you can't find out if he can play next to Damon CJ. So like get, get him out there, start him at small forward for the last 28, 30 games, uh, you know, into the playoffs and see what that looks like, and then you can mix and match from there. Because you, you know, if you want, you can bring Derek Jones back and have Robert Covington back and all, and then et cetera, et cetera. You can like, this can be, this could be your crew or a very similar crew to next season. If you like this, and then you kind of tinker around the edges, if Norman Powell fits and giving him a bunch of money makes sense, but you have to figure out if it makes sense. I think the, I think the first two games overwhelmingly positive, uh, you know, kind of a quiet night against his former team against uh, with the Raptors, uh, Playing next to Damon CJ means you're going to get less shots. I mean, that's that that is that is one of the just actual truths. And with the way the Blazers' second unit is is set up, uh, you're playing with Ant, who is who is a shoot first guy when he handles, and he played really well in this game. So I'm not I'm not taking away from him. And and Mello, who's going to shoot it. So like, there's just there's not like going to the second unit guarantees you more shots. Norm will get in where he where he fits in. I think um, it's. I think it's more important how it functioned him as a starter than how it looked in game one. But game, he looked fine. He looked fine. Um, I don't have any hot takes. I thought Norm was good and he looked good. Uh, if you were surprised that he looks good, welcome to the church of Norm. Dude's a baller. Um, he, he is what he is. He's a guy's a bucket. He's a really good offensive player. Uh, he can. He will have moments when he gets hot. I think... I, I joked about this with Sean Woodley in the podcast on Friday that I think uh, Norman Powell is going to be a fan favorite, and I think by the by tonight, by like Sunday evening when I'm recording this, he's already fan fam- favorite. He's made it. <laughs> it didn't take long for Norm. He's there. Rip City loves you. Um, he's going to be a lot of fun. It's like I said. Let's. Uh, I don't think we kn- we know we you know we have 27 minutes of Norm as starter so far. So later in the week we'll kind of check back. In, you know me. I'll, I'll hit you with the big picture stuff later in the week. But that is that is your norm update. Looks good. He's your starting three. Let's see what happens next. In the second segment, let's talk about Yusuf Nurkic. Back after 
two plus months away with a couple injuries. How did the big fella look in the in his Blazers return? But before we get there, let's talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. It's NBA games every night, college basketball entering its final weeks in both the men's and women's tournaments, NHL games happening each evening as well. And if you don't want to bet on sports, there's awards and TV shows. All of that's covered by real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for up-to-the-minute news as well as scores. It's just the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to their website, betonline.ag. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's betonline.ag. The promo code is LOCKEDON, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Get more sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Make sure you follow Locked On Today on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, we talked about Norman Powell. Let's talk about Yusuf Nurkic. Nurk back. Nurk back after missing 10 weeks with a fractured hand and then a strained calf. Yusuf Nurkic is back in the lineup for the Portland Trailblazers. He's been limited to little five-minute shifts. I shouldn't say little five-minute shifts. Five-minute shifts. They don't need a, they don't need no stinking modifier. Five-minute shifts. He's playing about 20 minutes a night, you know, 19 against Orlando, 19 against Toronto. Uh, He's, I thought he, (laughs) I thought he looked bad against Orlando and pretty good against Toronto. The box score probably wouldn't um, wouldn't, wouldn't tell you that they're pretty equal. Um, I guess he missed some free throws and turned the ball over a bunch against the magic. But in general, I thought he looked against Orlando on Friday, like someone who hadn't played basketball in a long time. Uh, he just wasn't sharp. He, um, I thought his three pointers were kind of settle shots in that game, even though he made one, it was just like, Hey, well, it's time. I might as well just shoot it while I'm out here. Um, he he had the, he had one possession where he turned the ball over um, in just sort of trying trying to make cute little touch passes in the exact same way, which in the in the span of about thirty seconds of each other, uh, he's he didn't look sharp, but that's to be expected. Like I didn't expect Nurk to be this dominant force when he returned, but I thought in uh, particularly Friday against Orlando, he looked like someone shaking off the rust. You could tell he's a defensive presence though, like he's an obvious defensive upgrade, and I think that's probably my big takeaway. I thought Sunday he looked better against uh, the Raptors partially because the Raptors just don't have very good big people. Aaron Bain stinks. Chris Boucher is extremely skinny. And then they go small with OG Ananobi or Stanley Johnson guarding him. You know, OG is an awesome defensive player and can easily guard Nurk and had no trouble doing it. Um, But, but Nurk, it's just a little, it's more of a, it's a bit more beneficial matchup for him. And I thought he looked better in, um, I thought he looked better Sunday. Just I, I thought he looked his decision making was better. Um his he still did launch some threes. The second three, just an unforgivable heat check after he made the first one. Don't why, Nurk, why? Um closer is better for you. But he, I mean, I, I just thought he just even in sort of non-box score, non-counting number ways, just like it just watching him, he looked like, oh, you know, I played a game Friday. Now I'm in the I'm in the mode a little bit. Um, like he, he had a great uh defensive play down the stretch where Robert Covington stripped the ball from Siakam and Siakam got it back, and Nurk had a, a huge block from behind and what would have been an important layup from 
from Siakam to get the Raptors a little bit closer. And then Nurk tracked down the rebound. He actually got the ball clean, diving for it, and was ready to spring a fast break, but they took a timeout anyways uh, to avoid a jump ball. But yeah, I, I think I think he looked better Sunday than he did Friday, kind of the reverse Norman Powell. Um, but for Norm, it's fitting in next to Damon. CJ, figuring he's figuring out that part of the puzzle next, you know, with two guys who are going to dribble and shoot a lot. How does... How does he fit in as like a complimentary piece? And Robert Covington just had a freaking awesome game against the Raptors. So there was less, there just were less norm moments because Rocco was going off. Um, he had a, he had a great game, truly. Him, him and Derek Jones both had really good games. So um, it was for the old Blazer wings showing up, showing out for, uh, for the new one. But um, for me, the big takeaway uh, really from Nurk's two games back is that uh, crunch time, Games on the line against the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors are go- are small. Their biggest players in the quarter: Stanley Johnson, Pascal Siakam, and OG Ananobi. And Terry went back to Nurk against a small ball group. I mean, it helps that Stanley Johnson can't shoot, and that OG Ananobi doesn't have a bunch of off the dribble juice. So it's easier, smaller guys for him to guard. It's not he's not going to get taken taken advantage much as much with speed, but. The, ability, the Blazers' ability to stay big and punish people and be big on the glass and be big on defense, like stay out there with their big defensive lineup but not have it be Carmelo Anthony, or it should have been Derek Jones Jr., but Nurk came in for Melo because Melo played a bunch of minutes down the stretch there that probably rightfully should have gone to DJ, but whatever. Well, that's We'll nitpick that one later on. I think it's important that the Blazers close the game with their starting group, Dame, CJ, Norm, Rocco, and... and, and uh, Yusuf Nurkic, like the ability to cl- to finish a game with with your five starters, suggests that like you are, it is clear who your five best players are, and you can move forward. And I think having that identity um, is valuable. One for the coaching staff because Terry's pretty stubborn; he's going to lock into something and just roll with it. So being able to lock in with a group that's like pretty clearly your five best players, I think, is valuable. And to be able to trust that group at crunch time is important. I don't think you can do it against everyone. You might have to mix and match, go smaller with Derek Jones. Um, I'm sure Terry will close games with Carmelo Anthony when he's feeling it a little more offensively. But in a way that I don't think you could keep Cantor on the court because I mean you could Cantor freaking basically won that game in Orlando. To some extent, but uh, that was a kind of an outlier game. Orlando, and I'm not sure Orlando had a had an NBA starter on its roster, on its active roster. I'm actually certain that they did not have a single NBA starter on their active roster. So, little bit of a different measuring stick. Uh, but you know, Cantor has defensive deficiencies, right? Like you can attack, teams will attack Cantor in the pick and roll. He's he's slow laterally, and he's not super long, and he's not a shot blocker. Uh, he's you know he's he's elite at what he does. I've said it a million times, but he's he's bad on the other end. And and Nurk has a defensive presence and ability to pass that um, that sets him apart from what Cantor brings. He's not as good enough offensive player as Cantor right now. Um, and he might never be because Cantor is an elite offensive force. But um, the ability to to stay big and close with Nurk to me that's a that's like a, a a strength that stands out and something that like whereas you know at the end of the game with like with Cantor on the court you're like okay well you know what they're gonna do they're gonna attack they're gonna attack this dude in the pick and roll or they're gonna try to put him you know get him on a switch and put him in space or whatever it is with Nurk I mean teams might still do that because you kind of just attack the biggest guy regardless if it's like a true crunch time situation but he's a better defensive player he's a he's a better help side defensive player so if he's not in the play where Cantor doesn't have a lot of help side defensive ability Nurk does like it's just his value is so obvious like in so many different ways so I think well 
I don't think Nurk looked great Friday and he, um, you know, he, he hasn't put in this dominant performance yet. He looked a little bit, little bit sharper on Sunday. It's obvious the value he brings. And, um, you know, we'll like a lot in the similar way with Norman Powell, like we'll give him another week to shake off the rust and get, get going and, and get, um, get his legs under him and, and we'll revisit what Nurk brings. But I, I think, the small little details we saw develop out of this weekend, I think they're I think they're valuable. The Blazers have a they have a defined starting lineup and they might even have a defined closing lineup. That's the same thing. And if that group can close, uh it's you have you you put a lot of offense, you put Roko's defensive ability and and Nurk's defensive ability, like you, that's a good five man unit. Like I feel good about that group. I know the Blazers' other five man groups have have kind of passed the the smell test in terms of advanced numbers because they've been so good on offense, but um, that's Damian Lillard. Like <laughs> that that's just Dame. He's really good. He's gonna he's gonna direct, when he's on the court. The Blazers are an elite offensive team. They have been all year. Um, they go from from very, very good to not very good without him. But it's it's that other side of the ball. Can the Blazers be decent? And having Norm, or Norm, having Rocco and Yusuf Nurkic makes me think, yeah, because those are good defensive players. Like Robert Covington has showed he's a good defensive player. Nurk has some real defensive instincts and just being so big and like understanding he's big on defense bring provides real, real value. Like I, I'm, I'm starting to feel like wow, you know, this is not a team, you know, this hasn't, isn't a team that's beaten elite teams and they just kind of, um, you know, they kind of just, I don't know, I don't want to say snuck past, but kind of just bullied their way past a uh, an undermanned and not particularly scary Toronto Raptors team. I, I like what I saw this weekend. And uh, as they move forward and they start to play better teams, I think we'll have a better sense of it. But to me, to me, this was encouraging on this was encouraging on a big on a big picture level and uh we'll we'll get down into the minutia i'll dig in i'll I'll feel comfortable digging deeper into the minutia when they play a good team which will come as soon as friday when they play the bucks um and then you know their next game's pistons who are not very good but are tough they got they're they're like they're like a tough bad team milwaukee obviously very good oklahoma city a team that just like refuses to lose and then it gets then it gets hard like then then um middle of april things really start to ramp up uh at the clippers at the jazz like we're going to know that the Blazers should be in a really good position at, at, at the end of March after closing out this road trip. They're three and very good chance to go four and against the Pistons, but then things get real in April. And I, uh, we will revisit what we've learned about Nurk and what we've learned about, uh, what we've learned about Norm. You know, we'll, check in day by day because this is a daily show and also week by week because I prefer, you know, I'm a big picture guy and I like what I saw. First two games provided me some, um, I I thought there were real positives despite maybe not like, you know, dominant performances by either of the new guys, but, um, you know, Nurk and and Norm are going to help a lot. They're going to help a lot. And uh, if Damian Lord ever gets hot again from three, the Blazers could be a really, really potent offensive team. But you know what the Blazers don't have? They don't have the dang LaMarcus Aldridge reunion story. LaMarcus Aldridge chose to sign with the Brooklyn Nets. Let's talk about why he's a punk at, no, just kidding. Let's talk, let's talk about why that might be, why he didn't end up in Portland um, and whether you should be super pissed about it in the third segment. Before we get there though, let's talk about Bill Bar. Bill Bar is the best tasting protein bar in the market. Ain't nothing changed there. It's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high in fiber. All of their all of their bars come in covered in 100% real chocolate. But now it's time to decide what's the best tasting 
protein bar. That's right. It's Bill Bar Madness. They created the good folks at Bill Bar created a bracket, and we got a matchup for you. We have reached. We we're actually picking the f- today on. Uh, if you are listening to this on Monday, you can head on over to their website and vote for the final addition to the Flavorful Four. Right now, we've got cookies and cream, mint brownie, and cookie dough chunk in the Flavorful Four. But our final enticing eight matchup is caramel brownie versus coconut brownie chunk. And for me, this is an easy one because coconut brownie chunk is is it might be the best flavor, y'all. It might be the best. It might be the best Bill Bar I've ever had. Coconut brownie chunk. So they're. Honestly, at this point, looking at the field, that's a heavy favorite to not only get into the flavorful four and beat mint brownie, but take home the championship. That's right. That's that's how in I am on coconut brownie chunks. So go get yourself some of these bars. They're really good. Go to builtbar.com or uh, if you want to vote in this poll, vote in this for this matchup, you can visit them on Twitter at bar underscore built. And remember, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. That's locked 15 for 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. This episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com. It's the family business that's been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. You go to rockauto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And while you're there, you'll see their catalog, which is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You'll see that they got everything you want too, from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil, even new carpet, you name it, they got it. And whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks and all of it will be delivered directly to your door. And while you're browsing that easy-to-use website, you'll be able to quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, the specifications, and the prices that you you prefer. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals that they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You don't have to do that. Instead, you can go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck, and make sure you write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box. That way, they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Still a pass first point guard, still Mike Richmond, and you're still listening to Locked on Blazers. You like this show? Chances are you're interested in the NBA draft, so to get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's draft, make sure you're listening to Locked On NBA Draft, the podcast that gives you scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, full coverage of March Madness, four days a week from draft experts who know their stuff. So subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. All right, we talked about Norm's debut. Dude's a bucket. It's going to be fine. He's going to start for the rest of the year. It's... I like the I like the spot he's in. I like what he brings. Let's see him get comfortable and see what he can do when he, he knows sort of where he's going to get more shots in this offense. Nurk returned. We talked about that in the second segment. Dude, dude is going to help. Um, he hasn't looked sharp yet, but I, I think there's promising signs, reason, obvious reason for optimism, even if he looked a little rusty. But is indeed buyout season in the NBA, which means that it's not just Nurk coming back, but it's veterans who have agreed to give back a small portion of their salary to go play for better basketball teams. And the Portland Trailblazers have two open roster spots. They are a buyout destination. I think they're going to end up, not maybe not buyout, but landing somebody off the waiver wire, landing somebody off the street. They're, uh, you know, just by league rules, they need to add one more person over the next 10 days uh, because you got to go, you got to play with 14. 
it's going to happen at some point. But it's not going to be LaMarcus Aldridge. LaMarcus Aldridge has decided to, to join the Brooklyn Nets. And part of the reporting coming from Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN included the, the notion that he considered the Portland Trailblazers but was not interested in a limited role. And then he joined the Brooklyn Nets. And my Twitter mentions and my email received several comments from, from good folks who said, yo, what the... And, uh, and I hear you. I hear you. Uh, the the Nets seem to offer a limited role, right? They have DeAndre Jordan. They have Nick Claxton. They have Jeff Green, who played a bunch of center and was pretty good at small ball center. They just signed Blake frickin' Griffin, who's probably a small ball center at this point in his career. And then they got another center in LaMarcus Aldridge. Can you play LaMarcus Aldridge next to DeAndre Jordan? Probably not. Can you play him next to Blake Griffin? Probably not. Can you play him next to Nick Claxton? I mean, I guess, but I wouldn't recommend it. They've got a crowded front court. That seems to be limit a limited role if there ever was one. And to that I say, not all limited roles are created equal. There are a variety of reasons why uh, LaMarcus would choose the Brooklyn Nets over the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, one is that the Nets are probably the most likely team in the NBA to play in the finals. I'm not sure that the favorites to win the championship, but they're certainly, from where I sit here today, uh, is the team most likely to play in the NBA Finals. And the Blazers are not that. They are not that. Um, they, I mean, they are, they're, they're going to have to get hot and play a lot better to reach the Western Conference Finals. Uh, it's, it is, um, it's just a different beast. They're, they're a different beast. The Blazers don't have um, they do not have the guns. They don't have the horses that that Brooklyn has. Like that's it's a different thing. So not all limited roles are created equal. A limited role where you're going to you know very likely make the Eastern Conference Finals, very likely make the NBA Finals at the point in his career that Lamarcus is. That's that's a pot sweetener. In addition, say say the limited role thing is real, right? Well, the limited role in Portland includes this like redemption reunion welcome home narrative and i can see just as a person who lamarcus is a little shy with that type of stuff i think he's better about it now later in his career than he was um when he was when he was here and he was a little younger and more immature but it's if he comes back here he has to answer so many questions and do so many stories about coming home and coming back and what it means and why he did it and where what went wrong the first time like he like i'm not saying that that is like a big factor but it's undoubtedly a a part of the calculation to say i don't i, I don't want to deal with that being part of my narrative i want to just go somewhere and be another part now he's it's not like he's not gonna have to do interviews with the nets and not have to explain it and blah 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 but it's not the same thing there is not um there's just no baggage with brooklyn right there's no baggage uh it's 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 just not this he just he's just signing up for an easier easier path forward and at this point in his career you know 36 years old a, a closer path to the title particularly if, if he he's going to enter free agency and can choose what he does next next year uh, this seems like the most reasonable thing like this is who this is where buyout candidates go Andre Drummond signed with the Los Angeles Lakers today the sexiest names on the buyout market go to the sexiest locales like that's how it works that's why Gorgie Jang signed with the San, San Antonio Spurs, y'all. Wait, what? 
So I'm not telling you how to feel about LaMarcus. Like I, that's not what I'm. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to spend five minutes and, and scold you about being mad or upset or scorn or scorned or whatever the hell. Like I'm not feel how you feel. Like that's that's the fun part about being a fan, right? Is that you get attached to these guys and and you want the heart wants what the heart wants. But like the I'm just trying to logic it out. Like this isn't this wasn't like Brooklyn over Portland. This was like a lot of other things over Portland. Like. It, you know, you can use the phrase "all things being equal." They weren't equal, though. They weren't like the the the, the Brooklyn limited role is a better gig than the Portland limited role, um, and it comes with a little less a little less baggage, a little less a little less day to day work. Uh, I don't. It's it shouldn't it shouldn't come as as a big old surprise. Um, it, I think maybe signing with the Nets is a little bit of weird. It's a little bit of weird fit for Lamarcus, but like. You know, it's not um, sign with a team as close to the sun as possible is not that weird of a fit for what we know about LaMarcus and for anyone in his position who's never won at the highest level. You know, he's played in a couple of Western Conference finals, but never won at the highest level. And uh, maybe, the, excuse me, only one Western Conference final and, uh, and and is just, you know, getting towards the twilight of his career. He wants a chance at a ring like that is even as, as a complimentary part, that's what he wants. Because even if he went to the Blazers, he'd be a complimentary part, not a star, but uh, he wouldn't be much closer to a championship. But like I said, the Blazers have to sign someone. Uh, it kind of makes sense to me that they would sign a guard at this point. Like with after losing Rodney Hood, it seems like the skill set that they, not losing Rodney Hood, trading Rodney Hood to the Toronto Raptors, but it seems like the skill set they're missing is like... Um, tertiary ball handler like you know kind of like break the glass emergency point guard the name that sort of jumps off the page is jeff teague um he's a veteran i think he would be he's been bad like he's i thought he was going to be okay for the celtics but when i have watched him and maybe i haven't watched a ton but you know six or eight games of jeff teague and he looks terrible but he's a vet who's been who's who's who can like you can do a lot worse than just like a random fourth guard of Jeff Teague. So that's a name that would sort of be on the radar because the Blazers are picking a guy, right? They're, they're, there's nothing to sell them on. Like there isn't the Andre Drummond where like, hey, you might have a limited role in the future, but right now, like all our best players are hurt and we just kind of need someone to like soak up a bunch of, of possessions or a bunch of offense. Um, the Blazers aren't selling that to the buyout market, right? They aren't... Um, they aren't selling a like they aren't selling minutes like there's no minutes to be had so if you come here you're coming here in as a complimentary piece you're coming here so like i could see the blazers not going teague and going sort of like young off the radar guy um one because that's sort of their mo like um signing jalen adams last year or tim frazier in the past the kind of just like you know really good g league player who could conceivably help and could conceivably part of be part of the plan in the future but is not part of the plan in the present um that seems to be more neil's move is kind of like good G leaguer for that, for that last roster spot. So don't, don't be surprised if it's someone like that, but I think Jeff Teague is named to monitor. I'll bang the drum one last time for John Henson, uh, a guy who has not played, who was played in the NBA last year and was perfectly good, um, as like a fourth big, um, but he's a better player than, than, uh, Harry Giles for my money. Um, very different, but better, better, just sort of like emergency big man than, than Harry Giles. And, he went to the right college, quite frankly. Uh, so th- those are just like names to look out for. But I think when you're sort of considering as guys get bought out, like um, even if Otto Porter gets bought out or something like that, like what are you, are you selling Otto Porter real minutes? Because if you are, you're selling Carmelo Anthony no minutes or something, or you're, or you're benching um, Derek Jones Jr. Like it's, it's, I think Porter's going to be the, the, 
the biggest name if he enters the buyout market, although there's no no guarantee he will. But I don't think the Blazers, any top tier guys, like any guys that sort of like get you, like pique your interest on when you see Woj tweet about him, like they're, the Blazers just can't sell those guys on much. So it's, it's lower tier. We're talking a couple rungs down the ladder. The Blazers have to add someone though. Like the, they're just league rules. They got to add a 14th guy. So that's coming. That's probably coming this week. Um, so just another reason to listen to Locked On Blazers. Like I said, more 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 Norm watch, more Nurk watch as those two sort of find their footing with the team. Um, 14th roster spot. Let's see what they see what they do with that. They could conceivably add two guys. Um, it's within within the po- realm of possibility, although relatively unlikely. I imagine they add one, but they certainly could add two. Also, we got Mailbag Monday this week. Um, if you're listening to this show, I kind of I kind of crossed off your LaMarcus Aldridge questions with this one, and I probably crossed off your Jeff Teague questions with this one too. But if you have other questions, shoot me a uh, tweet at Mike G. Rich or email the show LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. Uh, Mailbag Monday is our weekly mailbag show we do each week, and if there's overflow, we'll do a specially, special delivery mailbag later in the week. Week. looking at the email inbox probably gonna be a two mailbag week so tell your friends about this podcast tell them they can get it wherever they already listen to podcasts just search locked on blazers we'll be there waiting for you appreciate you listening talk to you soon